What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome on into the first episode of the week of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante for our first series recap of the year of the regular season. It's happening. Regular season ball in the New York Yankees. Take the first series of the year from the San Francisco Giants. Scrappy bunch. Very annoying. Saturday's game showed you how annoying they can be. Uh, when they are laying bunts down and situationally hitting and following singles with doubles, etc. But guess what? Two to three games in this series, New York Yankees shut the Giants out. Opening day was as perfect as can be. You literally cannot ask for a better opening day. But would they be able to build an encore with Clark Schmidt and Johnny Brito starting games two and three? Schmidt, not very good. Johnny Brito, beyond good to the point where uh, it actually kind of outweighs how meh Clark Schmidt was. We're going to talk about the ins and outs. We know who the mystery pitcher we alluded to last week was, and he actually pitched today and was pretty good. We'll break down losing Esteban Floreal on the roster. As we anticipated, we would. Uh, pretty weird job handling that by the Yankees, but ultimately the end result was Colton Brewer in the bullpen. Plus, Aaron Boone puts IKF in center field on a windy day. We'll grade him in an AL East roundup beyond the Yankees-Giants series, which again, not so bad. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Drop us a five-star review, mailbag question, if you don't mind, in that review. And again, no fewer than five stars. That helps neither of us. Uh, you want to drop a zero star, obviously that satisfies you. You had something to get off your chest. Three star, even you are walking away from that feeling like, what What did I even just do? Like, what, what did that do for me? Absolutely nothing. So five star or nothing, please, unless you want to get your anger out. Uh, we'll be honest. Like, I could tell you not to leave a zero-star review, but if you want to, you can. It's free country, but please don't. Don't do that. Um, and you can find us on all podcast platforms, as well as streaming on YouTube, typically Mondays and Thursdays, uh, 2 o'clock Eastern, but we wanted to go live after the first series of the year. John Carlos Stanton, Homer yesterday, Homer today, 485 damn feet, as drunk is alluding to in the comments. I don't know what he has against the English vernacular and people saying moonshot, but this one this was a moonshot. I don't, I don't really know. Uh, maybe we vary it up a little bit, though. Valid. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the show. Feels good to be doing this after a win rather than a loss. Yesterday, as annoying as it gets, but one game out of 162, and today writes the ship. And you have a very special offer for the folks 
who stuck with it all series long and maybe might want to change their bets moving forward. Yeah, come on, baby. Uh, for the folks in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, Yankee land, you know, you know where it's at. Um, head on over to DraftKings.com uh, or download the app. Uh, if you head there and you're a first-time user, you punch in uh, the code YanksGoYard and bet $5 on any sport, you get $150 in bonus bets if your bet wins. Um, you could have done it opening day, like I told you to, with Garrett Cole. Could have done it today, taking a risk with Johnny Brito. Um, either way, uh, this is a great way to support the podcast. This helps us directly. It helps us continuing uh, to pop on the airwaves and talk to you. Uh, so we appreciate it greatly. We appreciate your, you know, your viewership and uh, your readership too. Um, and uh, this is a really good offer, especially for folks who are, you know, getting into that gambling game. I, I, I know it. Uh, you put in your micro bets. You have a little bit of fun. You stay responsible. Um, it's a good time. So if you head on over to DraftKings.com uh, or if you download the app, punch in Yanks Go Yard. Um, you bet five dollars on any sport. You get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets if your bet win wins. Uh, it's a minimum $5 deposit and wager required. New customers only. You must be 21 years and older um, and present in New York, New Jersey, or Connecticut. In New York, if you have a gambling problem, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Um, if you're in New Jersey, call text 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, if you're in Connecticut, call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. See full terms and conditions at DraftKings.com or in the description below. Responsible betting, folks. I could tell you all about it. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, the micro bets are a great call. Don't just don't follow my micro bets. I put like seven micro bets on national champions, and I knew UConn was going to be in the national championship. I knew they were probably going to win it, and I still scrolled right on by them. I was like, eh, no need. Probably don't don't bet that. Why? Why didn't I bet that? I don't know. I knew it. I knew it was going to happen. They they're one of the six most dominant teams in NCAA tournament history. They they have like a hundred three margin. Heading into the final, all win. San Diego State's going to be their most annoying challenge yet, but yeah. they're still going to win the title, probably. Um, so I probably should have done that. I had great money on Texas, too. Smart, dumb. Should have bad money on UConn. I think it was the same odds. Stupid moron. But you know who's yeah. not dumb? Aaron Boone. Today, no, not for yet. Starting, for starting Johnny Brito in the third game, this could have been uh, Domingo Herman territory. They went with Clark Schmidt in the second game, and I think for a while the assumption was they'd go Domingo Herman in the third. Somehow it ends up as Johnny Brito. Maybe that's, uh, I don't know, maybe it's just who's ready, keeping people on turn. Maybe some of that's keeping Johnny Brito away from the NL champion Philadelphia Phillies lineup who are coming in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I don't know, but either way, uh, Johnny Brito was the most impressive thing I saw all weekend long, and, and I'm going to... Well, let's start with most impressive, and then we'll go to least impressive just to take everybody through it. Johnny Brito start edges out Clark Schmidt's start. Actually, no, sorry. What am I talking about? Edges out Garrett Cole's start mm. very slightly uh, for the most impressive thing I saw this weekend, only because the Cole start, it was like it was a relief to see him be dominant on opening day. But it's kind of the name of the game. You, you know, you're not supposed to set the Yankees opening day strikeout record, but you're supposed to take the ball and look good. Johnny Brito, nobody knew what to expect. We knew he was named the best control pitcher in the Yankee system two years running by Baseball America. We know we liked what we saw in spring training. We know we liked him throwing five-plus perfect innings last week in his final spring training start against the Blue Jays. But what really is that? You know, what's a spring training start against the Blue Jays? Well, five innings, two hits, one walk, six strikeouts today, and a zero ERA heading into his second start. That's the thing that impressed me the most and honestly had me wondering... Who keeps their rotation spot longer? 
Clark Schmidt or Johnny Brito. I mean, if, if we're doing it after one start, it is not a tough decision and it's not the more experienced guy. Yeah. Um, I'm, well, I was wildly impressed with Brito today with the velocity and with the, you know, dotting the corners. Um, he seemed to have it all. Uh, also, where was this guy? Where was this guy? The, I understand. Look, it's the first start. Um, no teams really have the scouting report. So usually these types of, uh, MLB debuts, um, go in favor of the pitcher uh because the 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 uh, the opposing team doesn't really have much information on them but i mean look good in spring look good now seems to be pretty good and he was what at the bottom of the the yankees farm system rankings per all these um all these uh outlets so i think he's 27th best in the yeah. system per pipeline which well, like that's nice but especially uh, yeah, he's hitting 100 he was hitting 100 today right like well, the change up too it's like it, the first at bat you knew he had something like yeah. i think advantage an mlb debut is either advantage the pitcher or advantage the hitters by a ton like there's no in between either the pitcher is executing and the hitters are like we were not prepared for this or the pitcher ab1 four pitch walk ab2 five pitch walk and you're like you're not making it past five batters. Like you have no chance. And Brito immediately, the change of diving away 88 miles an hour, you're like, he has something. And right away, you can question the Yankees all you want for not adding more starting depth. And Brito was not supposed to be in the rotation. Wasn't supposed to be even in the second level of rotation options. And now he's in there, but you watch one Johnny Brito inning and you're like, yeah, I don't really want to try anything for Chris Flexen now. I'm good. Yeah. Um, like I, I can wait for the guys. Maybe I make a move. If Rodon's injury gets worse, Severino misses extra time. But right now, I'm not rushing to get an average arm in here just to knock Brito out of the rotation or Schmidt to the bullpen. Brito has real stuff. And if the command, if he's command first and he attacks the zone, that's huge. Absolutely. And props to the Yankees for standing their ground, trusting with what they have in the organization because, uh, you know, most other teams with all the injuries the Yankees suffered at the onset – probably would have been like, Hey, we just, we got to get another starter. We got to do it now. We're not going to waste any time. Um, and you know that that market was probably as elevated as it could possibly be because starting pitching is always acquired at a premium. When you're talking about, um, losing three fifths of your rotation, other front offices are going to take advantage of that and try to get the, you know, the best uh, return price possible. Um, but yeah, I love what I saw from Brito in terms of most impressive for me. Uh, Ron Marinaccio stood out. He had, you know, three, three and a third good, really good innings, six strikeouts over the uh, over the weekend. Um, Stanton rebounded after Saturday. Uh, he held himself accountable after Saturday's loss after grounding out in those two big spots, and then comes up today with the 485 foot bomb. Um, but I gotta be a homer and just go with Anthony Volpe because it was his first ever appearance in front of the New York. Uh, uh, the, the New York crowd at Yankee Stadium. Um, he got two hits yesterday. He was hitless on um, Thursday and today, but um, he's just a threat. You could tell how everything has changed when he gets on base. Um, you saw it today. The Giants pitchers, you know, when he got on uh, the one time, couldn't, you know, they were distracted the entire time he was, you know, at first base and then he ended up stealing third. Um, so, I like the manner in which that this is already making an impact, even even though he he only got two hits over the weekend. Um, and uh, the fans are loving him. You know, he got the roll call from the Bleacher Creatures, which was awesome. Um, and he seems super comfortable. And that's really all you could ask for. We talked about this 
uh, kind of in in different levels since he was at Double A. It's like, all right, can he handle Triple A? All right, cool. Can he handle spring training? All right, can he handle opening day? Uh, to me, he's checked all the boxes. And um, even though it wasn't the most um, you know fire breathing start from him, um, I think it's as good of a start as you're going to get from somebody who's never been at the MLB level. Yeah, uh, he's stolen three bases in three days. He stole third base today. You know, talk about poise. Like, he's taking his walks, but also three stolen bases in three games. They changed the rules to make it easier, but it's not supposed to be that easy. Like, we, we talked in spring training, the speed pops. You can know he stole 50 bases in the minors last year, but until you see it, you don't know how fast he is. He is really fast. So uh, yeah, e- extremely poised debut. Two hits yesterday, two stolen bases, first two games, one more today. Uh, and he started all three of these games. Uh, should have been leading off, in my humble opinion. I don't really need Glaber Torres in the leadoff spot ever uh, when yeah. DJ LeMahieu's on the bench. Um, I don't like. I don't mind it. And obviously, Aaron Boone messed around a little bit today. It's funny because the Yankees. This is Game Three of 162, right? Objectively, not that important. Um, take it, I wouldn't even call this taking their foot off the gas pedal. You, you got to start your bench at some point. Put your backup catcher in. He homered today. Uh, you put IKF in a windstorm in center field. I might not have done that, but it worked out okay. Um, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't, I'm not going to complain about the lineup in game three, but, um, you know, maybe you don't Why need to mess around the bench. Much. Yeah, I don't know. Doesn't he uh, need the most? Like, I, yeah, I'm not going to complain about it either. Why is he on the bench? He needs a lot of reps. Uh, he's been cold um, the last couple of years because of these injuries. Um, if Stanton plays the, if Stanton plays the field, uh, two games in a row and then is in the starting lineup again on Sunday. There's no reason DJ LeMay who shouldn't be in the lineup, but yeah, two wins. We'll take and it. And thank God Stanton was in the lineup today because without that 485 foot home run, they went to places where balls don't go. The Yankees don't have quite as easy a time. Uh, thing I liked the least obviously comes from yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately let's, I mean, if you win the series, you know, it's the San Francisco giants. Um, they're not a bad team. They are a 500-ish team. They don't really have the pitching depth that a contender has. Uh, you know, Ross Stripling is not a number three starter. Didn't look good today. Alex Cobb is someone I've honestly been intrigued by at the trade deadline the past year or so. Stuff looked good yesterday. Uh, threw a ball in the center field. Yankees, Yankees probably should have swept this series. Uh, and they don't because, uh, I mean, yesterday had the two most annoying things that you can have. And at the end of the series, when you win the series – it's just like uh, it's a reminder that baseball is, is a good watch and a long season. No, no one's going to get bent out of shape over winning two out of three in any series, especially not one to start the season. The Yankees have not started two and zero in a season in back to back years since two thousand two thousand one. Doesn't happen. Not normal. They don't do that very often. So they lose yesterday's game, and it's it's like an eight point five out of ten on the pain scale in terms of a loss. If it wasn't the second game of the season, like botched opportunities with runs in scoring position bullpen sucks key bullpen guys suck Giancarlo Stanton comes up with the bases loaded one out in the ninth inning in a rainstorm and kind of rips the ball but for a double play it ends the game uh botched replay review the runner's probably safe at second probably out at first they don't overturn anything it should probably be seven six with runners on the home plate umpire strikes Aaron Hicks out even though he should have walked on the three one pitch Everything about it built up. It's an eight and a half out of 10. It would be a 10 if not for uh, no no blown save, right? If the Yankees have blown a save, that's a 10 out of 10. But it's an eight and a half or a nine. Pretty annoying way to lose a baseball game for many reasons. And the 10-minute sequence 
where the Red Sox won their game after uh, oh my God. the final out. Uh, the final out is made, but the Orioles left fielder straight up drops a fly ball. It's not a, it's not even a windblown pop-up. It's not, uh, you know, a ground ball throwing error. It's literally a ball in his glove that he drops. Next batter hits a two-run ball. It was in the glove. It was literally in the glove. In the, it was in the glove. It was in the glove to the point where, until I watched it on replay, I was like, they should just call that an out. Like, it was just as much of an out. It was just as much of an out as when a guy drops a transfer at second. It was like, how yeah. the fuck did that ball get out of the glove? It was in, it was in the glove. The play ended. But then the ball was on the ground. Uh, so the 10 minutes where that happened, where the Yankees, uh, I, I honestly walked from bar to bar. Uh, it, it's the most harrowing thing that can happen to a, a Yankee fan. I'm at the bar. Uh, I'm outside watching. Starts raining with Rizzo up. Uh, so we leave. We try to go to an indoor bar. I hear everybody cheering. I know something good happened. I catch a TV in a pizza place. I see the Red Sox walked off. I go, fuck. I get to the next bar. I walk in and see John Carl stand in the dugout. I go, fuck, that's not good. I check my phone to see how the Red Sox walk off, and I'm about to lose. Like it's, it's the worst five minutes you can possibly have. But that said, rolls off your back, ultimately. Uh, the Red Sox pitching looks dreadful. We'll talk about them later. Offense looks as good as we thought. Uh, we'll talk about that later as well, I'm sure. Um, but the thing that bothered me the most, other than just like, hey, really big bummer of a loss, is that Clay Holmes looked really bad. And uh, Michael King's stat line looks pretty bleak, but he had a good inning of work in there. A second inning, he gets dinked and dunked to death, gives up a couple hard hits, but still should have worked his way out of that inning. Second yeah. and third, no outs, hits a guy, gets a strikeout with the bases loaded, gives up an infield bleeder to Jose Trevino, and then gets a line drive to short. Then Anthony Volpe loses his footing on and gives up an additional run. Like, it's annoying that happened. I'm not going to kill Michael King because his second inning of work was a little wonky. Uh, Clay Holmes came in and was legit bad at the end of that game. And so I'm not going to say, yeah, I'm a 10 on the concern scale for Clay Holmes. <laughs> Would have liked to see him pitch better in his first appearance of the year coming off a bad second half. Yeah, you're right. Um, I caught none of Saturday's action. Um, I got to it see, was not I got fun. To see two wins not fun at all. I watched two full games. I got to see two full wins. I absolved myself from the loss. So pat on my back. Um, but I watched the highlights. Um, I watched a decent amount. I, I watched a decent rerun of Clark Schmidt's start. Um, I'm, I just, I, I am yet to be impressed, and I don't know how this is going to be a long-term solution for the Yankees um, until he's able to prove himself on a consistent basis. He has the stuff, which is frustrating. Um, it's there. I don't know what the issue is with him not being able to either last um, as long as he needs to. I think the third time throughout. Uh, through the lineup killed him this time. Um, he got through three and a third, or was it the second time through the lineup? I don't, it, it, either way, it, it wasn't good um, with the amount of hard contact that he gave up and the home runs that he gave up. Um, I know that there's another potential role for him as a multi-inning reliever, uh, but that's kind of hit or miss for me too. Um, he came up as a starter his entire career. He likes starting. Um, and I'm not saying this one outing is kind of indicative of, of what's to come, but you know how life works in New York. You got to move fast. Um, we've seen a lot of Clark Schmidt over the last few years. Maybe it hasn't been enough to fully develop him into the kind of pitcher that the Yankees have wanted to. Um, but that's, you know, it's it's not always as linear, linear as you want it to be. So um, he's going to need to prove something in his next outing. I understand the Giants are not the worst team in the world, but they're a middling offense. It's the second game of the season, which means the advantage is always pitching. It's never hitting. 
Um, so the fact that he kind of unraveled in the manner in which that he did is a little bit concerning. Um, will still encourage him to perform well in the in the following outings and hope that he does. Um, but I uh, I don't like to keep saying this, but every time I, I see him pitch, I'm underwhelmed. Yeah, for me, uh, he's not my most disappointing just because I, I went into that start thinking he was a middle True. reliever and I left yeah. it thinking he was a middle reliever. Um, three <laughs> three solid innings, but not great. Um, the third inning was good, pitched around a lot of trouble early. Location was terrible and it caught up to him in the fourth. Um, and the the lefty stuff, the, the cutter was supposed to be the difference maker, is going to start neutralizing lefties and change his potential portfolio. Um, it, it didn't do anything at all. Um, exit velocity is in the third inning, 111.7, 96.7, 102.4, 105.3. No, that's not Anthony Volpe's dad scrolling the talk radio dial. That's a bunch of lefties pummeling Clark Schmidt. Um, and it was like the first time through the order, I think they went one for five against him and then four for five the second time, um, maybe three for five. But it's just, yeah, second time through the order, all the lefties were like, all right, I know what I'm seeing here. Um, and, and that's why I, I think it's an honest question. If Johnny Brito... You know, it's it's one start. There's not a lot to go on, but I there's no reason for me why when someone like Rodon comes back, if it's in three weeks, that you would say Brito does not have the higher upside than Clark Schmidt to stay in that five spot. Yeah, he's proved himself early on. I know that one start is not going to do that for you in terms of uh, dictating the future, but it's kind of more than what Clark Schmidt has offered at this point. Um, yeah. That's that's probably better than any Clark Schmidt start. Quote me on that and then prove me wrong, but I think that that's probably better than any Clark Schmidt start that we've seen since he's been a Yankee. Um, it, yeah, it's 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 funny playing the Giants because that's, that's the offense that a lot of old-school Yankees Twitter wants the Yankees to be. It's like singles, doubles, speed, bunts, creativity, but like they're not very good most of the time. They, no. they, they had two games where they did not scratch a run across, didn't really come close. Um, a couple times they had the leadoff man on. He was erased on a double play in both the opener and in this one. First and second no outs against Jimmy Cordero, and and he rebounded and got him up for nothing. Um, a couple times they were gifted base runners and couldn't cash in. I mean that that's what that, that's what it's like if you don't have that home run power up and down the lineup. You end up with a lineup like the Giants, where Jock Peterson has the only real chance to make today's game interesting. He pops out and yells fuck. Um, and the man who closed out today's game, I do want to talk about because it, it was Woo. Brewer and he's the mystery pitcher. Talked about it last game. Aaron Boone says we're looking to get a deal done. Hopefully, you know, we get it done before Saturday, Friday's game. Then later that after we go through that whole list of free agent pitchers, Colton Brewer's not even on it because we mm. weren't thinking about him. They swing a trade late night. Uh, they bring him on and they bring him onto the roster yesterday in DFA at Simon Florial. Uh, Curve is kind of nice. Six outs. He faced the top of the lineup, had no real problems today. That was nice. How often have the Yankees turned the ball over to a Louis Sessa or somebody else up six or seven with three outs to go, and suddenly it's seven, three, second and third, two outs. Lasagna's warming. They didn't really have a bullpen today. It was just Marinaccio and Loisaga, and Loisaga didn't have to pitch, so that was nice. That was a good job by Colton Brewer. Um, it's weird, though, because the Yankees talked this spring about how they weren't going to get fooled by spring stats and, you know, Anthony Volpe, Peraza, IKF, you know, we're not just going to make a snap decision based on what we're seeing here. And they didn't. But then again, you know, they're preaching larger sample size. We're, we're not going to go nuts here. The last two people they've acquired have been small sample size kings. 
It's guys who just dominated spring training. Frangie Cordero didn't get an at bat in this series, but hit 400 with the Orioles in spring training. And Colton Brewer this spring, he's got a long track record with the Red Sox of, of being pretty bad. Um, <laughs> I mean, not not that long, but he, he was an unsuccessful Boston Red Sox this spring with the Rays. They love their X-rays. Nine and a third innings, four hits, one run, no earned, 15 Ks and three walks. And they go, yeah, get him. Go get that. He didn't make a roster. Go get that guy. Um, was that the best use of Estevan Florial? I'm not a big Florial fan, and neither are you. We have to wait to see what the return is there. They'll get something for him in trade, probably. But it, it, all in all, after holding on to him for that long, it was uh, a, a reliever with a middling career who they're going to try to harness, uh, which they, they do successfully a lot. But just again, another one of these guys. Yeah, um, we were underwhelmed by this when the news dropped. Um, didn't really know what to expect. I don't know initially why they would have done this instead of just bring up one of the other guys who probably needed a little bit of work. Um, maybe they want them at AAA, I guess. I don't know. Um, Brewer, like you said, not an impressive track record whatsoever. Um, and, uh, he's brought in, I guess he's going to be the last guy, uh, like who's, who's ahead of the, he's, it's gotta be him and Abreu at this point, last guy in the bullpen. Yeah. And, um, and Abreu was awesome yesterday. It's like, yeah. what a, that's why you can't react too much to early Crazy. season stuff. Cause if you were, you'd be like, God, I need to promote that Abreu kid. Like we, we know what Albert Abreu is. I don't, I'm not making any judgment off that. Yeah, new only newborns think Albert Abreu is is good at this point. Think about those newborns though. The first game they watched is yesterday. It's a terrible <laughs> loss, but I, hopefully they stuck around for today because you got some fireworks. Pretty fun. <laughs> uh, Brewer being here, I mean, he's my MVP for today. That was fun. That was yeah. fun to watch him come in. And like you said, I mean, how many times have we been gifted these larger leads, and you bring somebody in for the mop up duty, and it never go, it never goes the Yankees' way. Um, you know, you're up. Now that thank God the pitch clock is here now because usually we'd be up till midnight as the bases just keep getting loaded over and over again. And you're it's so counterintuitive. Like you're supposed to, you're up a lot. All right, so let me bring in my absolute worst pitcher. Oh, he was bad. Oh, okay, great. Now I'll bring in somebody better. Like it's always annoying to watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we were admittedly underwhelmed by this. Another aspect of this that kind of am I upset? No, but um, why do you do that to Esteban Floreal? Why? Like, don't bring him to the opening day roster if you're not going to keep him. Just go with one guy less, and wait. unless unless the rule state you need absolutely need, um, you need 26 guys up with with the uh, with the roster. Then okay, I get it. But you knew he wasn't going to be there. Yankees fans knew that he wasn't suitable outside of being a defensive replacement coming up as the last guy on the bench. You know, later in games or whatever, and then you bring him up to New York. I guess maybe in this scenario, give him the falsest of hope possible. And then you acquire a bad reliever and then jettison him off the roster instead of just cutting your losses even earlier. I would have even said last year, you know, you could have, this guy could have gotten on with his career. Um, I don't know what they're going to get for him, but Hey, if Brewer, if Brewers figured it out, I don't know the extent of him figuring it out on the long, uh, on the long haul, because look, when the Rays make trades with people, um, they're usually five steps ahead. I know it's a cliche to say at this point, but if they thought he was good enough after his, what, eight and a third scoreless innings in spring, they probably would have kept him. Um, I, the Rays uh, notoriously have you know, bullpen arms up and down that can torture you in, for an entire afternoon. Um, 
but I don't know if they would trade one that they truly thought was a threat to a division rival. Um, nonetheless, great debut. Sweatless debut. I like that. You know I like that on my Sunday afternoons. Now I can have my uh, Sunday dinner and not worry about a thing. I didn't sweat at all. It's very nice. Uh, just so everybody knows, though, the guys the Yankees did demote, who could come back, but are currently a AAA. Matt Crook, three innings, one hit, two runs, one earned, two mm. walks, five Ks across two outings at AAA already. Mm. And Davey Garcia yesterday kept the velo up, two and two-thirds, two hits, no walks, four strikeouts. Um, again, not going to declare Davey Garcia back, but remember when he went to AAA last year and had a seven and a half ERA and, and walked everybody he faced and threw 91 miles an hour. That was bad. I prefer this. That was bad. This is better. Um, and you know, what's best betting. Wow. DraftKings. Are you a new customer in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area, specifically in those States within the lines of those States. Don't just be in the area of Connecticut, be within Connecticut in it. Get your New Haven pizza and be in that state. Um, if you're interested in, interested in becoming a new customer to DraftKings and you're 21 plus and present in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, again, I guess, you know, they don't take your home address. They just geolocate you. So yeah. maybe you bet, maybe you're in Connecticut for the day um, and you want to take advantage of this special offer. Then you're dipping back to New Bedford. Maybe you're a shitty Red Sox fan and you're over the border for one day only, and you want to take advantage of our code, you can. We love you. The code is YANKSGOYARD. Bet $5 on any sport. Get $150 in bonus bets if your bet wins. Minimum $5 deposit wager required. New customers only. Again, 21 plus and present in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Gambling problem? I hope not. If you do, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In New York and New Jersey, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Never texted a 1-800 number before, but might be worth a try. And in Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. See full terms of DraftKings are in the description below. Isaiah Connor falefa played center field today, and I would have lost that bet. If I'd bet on will it be in the opening series, I would have said no way. Uh, but yeah, third game of the year, Aaron Boone just uh, – Playing the fuck around game, but did not find out IKF on a windy day. Wind tunnel it ended up being kind of normal by first pitch. Kind of felt like 50 in the 40s. Not so bad. I'm going to give him a B plus uh, only because the offense is still negligible. Not getting much there. Uh, but you saw Oswaldo on Sunday and left. There's a tough sun field out there. Uh, fly ball got him at some point. Uh, pretty frustrating to see him make that kind of crazy play. And Ryan McKenna in left field for the Orioles can't squeeze a fucking final out uh, right into the glove. But Oswaldo made a crazy play. Might have changed the game if he hadn't made it. IKF had to deal with that in his first game in the outfield. And kudos to IKF uh, for going out there and battling. I'm not going to, again, not waving the flag and being like, I've seen enough. Uh, he's a backup center fielder for sure. But at a tough-ish play coming into the first, made it. Fly ball to the wall. Didn't have to leap. No drama, but made it. Uh, had one slightly elevated play, a couple of routine chances, and didn't cause any trouble. So I'm going to give him a B plus. It's fine. Yeah, can't disagree with that. Um, you got to get an A. Yeah, I mean, you get an A with a good offensive performance. Um, we know what to expect out of IKF at this point. Um, think about the pressure that was for him. Um, he's coming off of last season. Uh, where fans were frustrated with him. He dealt with, you know, all kinds of um, fan abuse and, and insults and things like that. So uh, that's in your head. Um, and then you get your first start of the season um, in a position you – has he ever? I don't think he's even ever played at the outfield at the major league level. No. Um, center field, which is the hardest outfield position. Um, he's out there. 
good footwork, good judgment. I mean, I know maybe the bar is a little bit low, uh, but that's that's impressive to me because playing defense in Major League Baseball is hard. The fact that he's able to play all around the diamond in the manner in which that he does. Above average defender at every position, just not an ex master of none, but very good at the rest. Um, so, uh, yeah, props to him for um, holding strong there and uh, battling the sun, battling the wind. Uh, not an easy thing to do if you ever played outfield before. Uh, it's hard even to play outfield in slow pitch softball. So imagine what it's like in fast pitch baseball. Uh, good job, IKF. He took it and ran with it, and he also volunteered his services. I'm yeah, not, a nice diehard, not a diehard IKF fan, but he knew he was not winning the shortstop job, and he went out and played left and played center. Um, Aaron Hicks didn't win the starting left field job. Pinch hit once in this series. You know what he did today? During the game, Brendan Cuddy dropped an article where he said, quote, I, have no, I have no idea what my role is. Quote, another quote. I just want to play. I don't want to come off the bench and face closers all day. I want to play the field. I want to play every day. And it's just what I want to do. Great. Uh, yeah, I'd want to do that too. You have not earned the right to do that. Um, and I got into it, obviously, with people booing him for pregame intros before uh, opening day. Um, I don't. I still don't think people should have done that. But any other time you see him, you can boo him. This guy sucks. This guy does not get it at all. Not even a little bit. Um, and I only I only did not want to ruin the pomp and circumstance. This guy's one of the worst. That's insane. That game three of the season. Yeah. It's, it's right to wonder if you're somehow like near Franchi Cordero on the depth chart and why IKF is playing a new position instead of you. But at the end of the day, you want to start. I know you want to start. He said some of the same stuff last year. We ran yeah. him in the ground then. We'll do it again now. Um, I know you want to start. Why, why should you? Why would you start? You, you wouldn't start. You want to go start somewhere else? Make sure. that happen. Maybe. Um, I, yeah, I, this is um, – if I'm him, I'm also frustrated because I get booed on opening day. I'm still going to – I'm still going to be in opposition of the fans who did that because you don't want to ruin the moment. You want to have good vibes coming into the season. Uh, so maybe he's feeling a certain way about that, yeah. which maybe pushed him to say something. Um, also, don't forget um, – the Yankees are bad at communicating. Um, we had the whole thing with Gary Sanchez during the 2020 playoffs. He said he had no idea that he was going to be benched um, in the postseason in favor of Kyle Higashioka. Um, you had the whole thing with IKF kind of during spring training. Uh, there was a lot of either lack of clarity with the fans or a lack of clarity with him on what his role would be moving forward. Um, so the Yankees are not good at this also. Um, but if you're Aaron Hicks, there is an element here where you kind of got to know your role a little bit. Um, and, uh, if you know, you're already in the crosshairs of the fans, um, if you know, you've wildly fallen out of favor, um, if you know that you're probably next on the chopping block, if things go really wrong, I don't know why you think it's appropriate or good to say this. I don't know why you think that's going to help you. Um, but here we are, nothing really new last year. He, uh, had comments about being benched um, and was a little bit incredulous to the fact that happening. And then at some point he was saying, if I'm the guy in the lineup, great. If not, then cool. It is what it is. Not really the attitude you want on this team, um, especially when the Yankees have seemingly turned their philosophy around. They're rewarding good play. They are uh, punishing bad play. Um, I know it's the start of the season and Hicks probably thought he should have gotten a little bit more time in in the opening series but he didn't should probably understand why doesn't 
this is probably one of the final. I mean, you know how long the Yankees drag these types of scenarios on, but this has to be one of the final straws. Uh, the Yankees' all-new philosophy that you just pinpointed of rewarding good play and punishing bad play. It's about damn time. Yeah. Really, it's innovative. It's the, it might be the new money ball, <laughs> playing uh, good players and letting bad players not play. Uh, Aaron Hicks, uh, you're, you're not good right now. Can't start. Um, let's round up the ALEs just a little bit, overreact. Sure. Way too early, way too early for this. Uh, but you want to talk about bad players. Chris Sale, what happened? Chris Bassett, what happened? Chris Sale, seven earned runs yesterday. The location was awful. Of course, the Red Sox do win that game and win the series because the Baltimore Orioles had some of the worst defense of all time. Again, the Red Sox schedule, this Orioles team at home, the Pirates at home, the Tigers on the road. Any loss they suffer during the first nine games of the season, thumbs up because 9-0 uh, and was a possibility. They're 2-1 and now. Um, go Pirates. Uh, but Chris Sale can't be locating where he was locating yesterday. Dead central, dead central. After all the Chris Sale is back talk this spring, that was horrendous. The Red Sox, however, are one of just three teams in baseball history to score at least nine runs in their first three games of the year. Fenway will do that to you. Fenway in the winter will definitely do that to you. The Orioles pitching staff will do that to you. Uh, but I think that tells us a lot about the Red Sox. Good offense, sloppy game. Uh, sloppy pitching, never bet on them, but they could win any game with offense alone. The pitching is bleak. And the Baltimore Orioles tells us a lot about them too. Maybe uh, maybe it was not the correct decision to add almost nothing to last year's burgeoning playoff contender. They seem poised to take a step back as well. Sadly, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays look as good as any team. Again, playing the Tigers, who, who might be the worst yeah. team in baseball uh, by a significant margin. Uh, but the Rays pitching staff led by Jeffrey Springs dominance today, jumps off the page. And the Blue Jays so far, not so great, not showing me much of anything. And, and that Bassett start, which again, it's fun to read out. I just like to read it out so that everybody can know what Chris Bassett did today. Three and a third innings, 10 hits, nine earned runs, no walks, four Ks, four homers allowed. No walks, nice, but you got to keep the ball in the ballpark. So the two Chris's, the two worst starts out of the AL East this week, and uh, that's a nice place to be. Yeah, it looks like Chris Sale couldn't have handled opening day, so we were right about that. Looks yes. like the Blue Jays, after three games, did not get better year over year, which is something that we've talked about at length and fought uh, Toronto fans in our mentions. Um, and they got lucky in that uh, 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 opening day game against the Cardinals because yeah. uh, Wilson Contreras went down and um, – who was the backup catcher? Uh, Andrew Kisner. Andrew Kisner dropped strike three, um, and the inning extended, and the Blue Jays continued to score. They won that game 10-9. Um, but, yeah, outside of that, you can see that the offense for them, because the Cardinals do not have an impressive pitching staff, um, has been a little bit – has been downgraded based on the moves that they made in the offseason. Um, clip this and tell me about it later when things turn around for a week. Um, Orioles, idiots. You're very dumb. Um, that error at the end of the game – infuriating and again the fact that you have no payroll you won 80 plus games last year finished over 500 with a crew of college students and then decided to not supplement that roster um damn you uh yeah. rays they always scare me you know i lose sleep over the rays um i know they played the tigers but sweep is a sweet man sweeps a hard thing to do in baseball um, that was also, were they on the road for that? No, home sweep. They were so, home, home okay, sweep. fine. 
I thought they were on the road for some reason, but uh, sweeps a sweep. Pitching looks good. I'm not going to go Jeff Passan and say that this is the best rotation in the league when Tyler Glass now comes back, but um, we know the Rays are always good um, in the pitching department, and the offense always has just enough. Um, so uh, their start to the season, pretty much what I expected um, out of them. Um, and the Red Sox, you know, I mentioned Chris Sale briefly. Um, I won't, I'm not judging the offense until this, they face a real team. The Orioles have a terrible pitching staff. Um, they didn't make any worthwhile additions in the offseason to help it or to even give the younger guys some sort of mentor um, that they could work with, unless you count uh, who did they sign? Was it um, Cole? They traded for Cole Irvin. He pitched today, uh, he was terrible. Um, oh, there was, there was an, an even more ridiculous signing that they – I'll figure it out in a second. But, um, yeah, you make no supplementation to this roster. You just assume everybody's going to – every young prospect is going to take the next step, whether it's at the MLB level from year one to year two or from AAA to major league. Uh, crazy approach, crazy approach, $50 million payroll. Um, I guess we'll continue to see what happens. But, um, yeah, Red Sox should have an under 500 record right now, which uh, pisses me off. Their May is crazy, but we, the, I almost wanted to give the uh, what are you doing schedule makers award to the Red Sox. Obviously, always, reasons, always. that schedule is crazy. But then look at the Rays schedule. They get the Tigers. The Red Sox go to Detroit at least. At least. It's probably cold in Detroit. I mean, the Red Sox are going to sweep that series. But Detroit goes to Tampa. Easy sweep. Tampa heading on the road to face the Washington Nationals four and five starters. Best of luck. Then they come home and get the A's. Who the fuck did that? And then they play each other. Great. That'll be exciting. Sick. Cool. Uh, oh. Orioles signed uh, Kyle Gibson. Opening day starter Kyle Gibson. That was the one. Um, like, you got to be kidding me. And Austin Voth. Okay. Yeah. I just don't, I don't know what you're doing. Um, get out the Voth. Yeah, and of um, course the Red Sox offense is going to perform against that. The Red Sox offense is always a juggernaut at Fenway Park. Um, and when you have bad pitching, it's exacerbated. So, I don't know. I want to see the Red Sox. I, I, I don't. I can't see a break like that that this early in the offseason, especially the same day the Yankees lose in idiotic fashion too. It was, that, was, that was a little bit too much to even just see the score, the score update. I didn't even watch the games. No. But, I mean, imagine though – Seeing the score change, like in the window of a pizza shop, you're not even getting pizza. By the way, like even if I was in the pizza shop, at least I'm eating. Keanu Reeves standing outside the bar in hardball. I'm outside. I'm like trying to get to another spot for the second half of FAU. I see the Red Sox score change. I go, you got to be kidding me! And then I sit down at the bar, and I I open Twitter, and the first tweet I see was somebody saying, "This is the first two out, two run, go ahead, walk off Red Sox homer since." Christian Vasquez in 2017 against the uh, Cleveland, a game I actually remember. And then I'm like, of course, it was two outs. Of course. And then I open the game day app and see the Yoshida reached on an error. And I was like, God, you truly have to be kidding me. Uh, and then I actually watched the play. And I'm like, if this if if this were a little bit later in the season, I would be trying to, to leave Earth. Not in an I died kind of way, but just in an I don't want to. It's not that I don't want to live anymore. It's that I don't want to live on Earth. I would live yeah. anywhere else. I would happily live anywhere else. Just on Earth, if this is what happens on Earth. Yeah, we got to expedite the Mars missions. Um, yeah. I'll go to another universe. I don't even care at this point. Sometimes I do wonder if baseball folded and you took the Yankees away from me, but then you also took the Red Sox away from me, if it'd be a net positive. For sure. I think it would be. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> it would be. Football at that point. 
Baseball, my favorite sport. I do a Yankees podcast. Yankees, my favorite team. I would still be like, no Red Sox, no chance for Red Sox World Series. It's interesting to me. It's definitely interesting. Um, of course, the Yankee schedule, not easy. Why would it be? Um, the Yankees face the uh, struggling NL champion Philadelphia Phillies Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at the stadium. Not only do the Yankees get the Phillies, but they get them coming in ice cold, uh, which is arguably worse than them coming in red hot. I don't know. They're both bad, but it would be nice to just get them coming in normal. Coming in normal. But instead, we have the Phillies for three, go to Baltimore for three, go to the Guardians for three. Guardians are good. Guardians currently have the uh, upper hand on the Seattle Mariners in a fairly even four-game set start season. Uh, Phillies this week, what are your expectations? It's uh, Nestor tomorrow and Taiwan Walker, whose velo looked down in the spring. Matt Strom is supposedly starting on <laughs> Tuesday against Domingo Herman. Matt Strom also pitched in relief in the first game of the season, so I don't know if I buy that. And then Aaron Nola coming off a bummer of a start against Garrett Cole on Wednesday. Kind of a fun series this early in the season. I would love to win it. I would love to take two more of the three. Oh, TBS game in the middle on Tuesday. Pretty cool. Um, what am I expecting? I don't know. The Rangers scored 27 runs in the first two games of that series. Yeah, we, we should have probably touched on the Rangers, too, who are like, mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. But it's it's Aaron Nolan, and Zach Wheeler, and the Rangers went supernova. So Yeah, um, very impressive. Obviously, I don't think – I mean, you have the Phillies bullpen. Yeah, what, it it turned it up for the, you know, the end of last year and got hot for a little while. Still don't think it's good. Still don't think Craig Kimbrell is the guy to – to truly anchor that unit, um, Philly starting pitching, um, it's solid. It's nothing special. I think Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola are very good. I don't think either of them are necessarily game one starters in a postseason series. If you're really looking to, um, you know, win a championship, uh, I know they almost got there last year, but um, they both of those guys have susceptibility to get rocked. Um, I also know most pitchers do that, but there is there is no fear from me with either of these guys. No. Um, I understand they can blank me over seven innings, um, but I also know that if they're not, you know, pinpoint location that day, there's a good chance you're putting bat on ball and, and getting runners across the plate. So um, I think it'll be up to the Yankees pitching, really, because Philly's offense, they got a lot of good guys on there. Um, I can see Kyle Schwarber absolutely terrorizing us in Yankee Stadium. Um, so as long as, uh, the rotation can kind of get through it and the bullpen, um, does, I mean the bullpen look, I I don't know what it's going to look like. Obviously you don't want it to have a meltdown, but they got to figure out the structure over these next couple of days. Um, it's still a work in progress in my opinion. Um, so I'd use that. It's a good challenge. The Phillies are coming into town. It's a good challenge. It's a good offense. Aaron Boone, um, will have his work cut out for him. So will the guys who are trying to establish roles back there. Um, but I'm not worried. I wouldn't have been worried if they came in hot. Um, I'm not worried that they're playing with their backs against the wall at this point. We're three games into the season and they have a, a game today to be able to salvage that series against Texas. So um, I like, you know, Nestor getting his first start of the season against them. Um, I'm not impressed with Taiwan Walker either. And Matt, Matt Strom, I can't even believe that that's a starting pitcher listed on ESPN right now. So I think we're in good hands. Max Goodman just tweeted out. He's claiming it actually is Matt Strom. So we, we yeah. shall see. Uh, Caitlin Clark and Iowa putting on the fireworks, trying to tighten this game, uh, the women's national championship on ESPN right now after Jasmine Carson, someone I'd never heard of somehow went five for five from three in the first half. LSU's Jasmine Carson. LSU is good. So uh, we'll sign off. You should watch that. That's it for the first uh, series recap episode of the season on the Inks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple podcast, Google podcast, Spotify, truly 
wherever you get your podcast. If you have a podcast platform that you love and we're not on them, let us know. That's embarrassing for us. It should not happen. We'll close that gap. You can find us live streaming most Mondays and Thursdays at 2 o'clock Eastern. This week, of course, that is a lie. We will not be on tomorrow. We were on today. Today is not tomorrow. And we will also not be on at 2 o'clock Eastern on Thursday. It'll be uh, noon Eastern on Thursday. So that'll be yeah. after the Philly series. We'll do a full recap of that action. And, and uh, we'll, we'll see you then. Um, please find us on, on the pod platforms or like and subscribe to this feed. It's the best thing you can do for us and for the Yankees. The Yankees actively are watching our subscribers. Not true, but hey, be cool if they were. Please do it. Until next time, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. Thomas Garinante, where can the people find you? I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. We are at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Hit us up there. You don't know which one of us is tweeting, so you no. better watch out. You better watch out. You better make sure you're talking shit to the right person. All right there. Yeah. Um, head on over to YanksGoYard.com. We got plenty of content there for you. Both of our bylines are there. Um, a lot of funny stuff from opening day. Did a little thing on Jock Peterson yelling the F word. Good golly. It's funny stuff. Um, we got plenty of uh, pieces of content scheduled out already for the for the beginning of this week. We're, we're ahead of it. We're rolling. And uh, we appreciate you guys reading. Um, we hope to hear from you soon. Keep the comments going. Keep the engagement going. Um, and I feel validated in saying Zach Wheeler is not a true um, postseason game one starter because he's only had six career postseason starts. They all came last year. And he's one in three. So I'm cool. Bailey faltered tonight on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. How do we get so lucky? Why is this the game? See the Phillies and the Texas Rangers offense for yourself. Decide what the Yankees are going to do with them coming into this week. It's normal for the Yankees to start a season wonky. This one actually started pretty normal. Two clean wins and a loss that looked exactly like most frustrating losses from the last five years. Yeah. Hopefully we'll learn a little bit more about bullpen rolls this week. We will see you after the Philly series. Have a good Sunday night, everybody. Relax. Go Yanks. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.